Welcome back to another episode of the Anxious Creative Podcast. I am especially, especially excited for today's episode. Now, I know, I know, I say I'm excited for every single one, but I am bringing back a podcast guest that we had in 2018 when this podcast first started. This is one of my very close personal friends, and I know you likely all know her and love her and admire her and no doubt have been educated by her. So I'm really excited because today's episode is a little bit different. It's not just coming at you with tips and tricks and to-dos, but me and this friend who I am going to make you wait for to see, I mean, if you saw the title, (laughs) but um, anyway, we are getting pretty raw and vulnerable about our own lives and businesses through the last year and a half of this pandemic. We go over the responsibility and the wanting to be there for our industry during such a crazy time in you know March of 2020, if we can think back. So this episode, oh my gosh, it gives me chills as I record this intro, just remembering how amazing it was to sit down with my good friend, Jamie Dana, and chat with you guys all about this last 18 months, business burnout and getting real raw and vulnerable with you about what that's looked like for us. All right. I can't wait for you to dive in. I overthink, I overshare, and I overanalyze. So come explore with me as I chat about business, life, and relationships all through the lens of an anxious creative. Welcome back to the Anxious Creative, Jamie. Hey, it's crazy. It's been so long. I mean, like, it's funny because we talk almost every single day, but then podcast-wise, we haven't talked on the podcast in a while, so it's been time. I feel, well, we were just saying before I pressed record, I'm like, this always feels awkward because I have to, like, although it's still me, it's like, you you can't just, like, be as, like, so, what's up? How's it going? Yeah. What's up? How are you doing? (laughs) I, I call it, like, your phone voice, and this is funny, like, when I get on my Instagram stories or when I film a YouTube video or a podcast... You have to be a little energetic because otherwise it's really boring to listen to. So I kind of call it like my phone voice, right? Oh, yeah. there's a dog. That's okay. Yes. It's like the, you know, I didn't plan that, but it's got, there's always got to be a dog in the background. Of course, you know. Totally. I feel you. I feel like, so I don't know. I'm curious, okay. I know this is like going, we've talked about what we're going to talk about and I'm already going off topic. Do you ever like, so I've shown my family like YouTube videos or things and they're like, who are, like my one brother was like, how long did it come up? How long did it take you to come up with that persona? And I was like, that's oh, me. That's me. But realizing that like, even your family like sees you mm-hmm. very mm-hmm. yeah. Oh yeah, it's funny. I was actually, we had to move my brother this weekend and uh, one of my other brothers, I have three younger brothers for those of you who don't know. And uh, one of my brothers was like, their friend was asking me what I do and blah, blah, blah. And so I was like, oh, you know, I, I educate in the hair industry and I have a YouTube channel, blah, blah, blah. And Sam's like, oh, you're such an influencer. You know, they totally make fun of you. And I'm like, shut up. Like you wish you had as many followers as me. Like I like to hold that over his head. I never talk about followers or vanity metrics at all. But yeah. when it comes to my brothers, I totally do because it's just funny, you know, but yeah, they just, it's a whole world. It's a whole different, it feels very removed, but it's like, this and it's I wouldn't even say it's an online persona it's just like who I am but it's just different than maybe how my family or or really close friends see it you know it's just kind of weird yeah well immediately that made me think of how like you and I both have done like theater and Mm. like I used to do musical theater and stuff like that but like 
we probably when I was little like our church that I went to when I was really little was big into like big productions yes from the age of five I like learned what stage presence was yeah and so I think that's like the weird thing I don't know once again going way off topic but like I was sharing with people like one thing that like hits me hard is someone called me fake once and like Mm. I try to be as genuine as possible and like but like you don't like when you're doing stage presence anyway not what we should talking for right now um but like you do have to like kind of like have a presence otherwise yeah. it's like there's nothing worse than like watching someone like speak or listening to someone speak and it's just like there's no inflection and like learning yeah. those things yeah yeah anyway well, so- it, it kind of it, it is interesting to bring that up though because it does kind of I think tie into what we're going to talk about today but I think for a lot of uh stylists and salon owners who are trying to get on Instagram and you know obviously this is what I talk about this is like what I do all day long I nerd out about Instagram Um, But I think for some of us, when we first get on Instagram stories or even talking to the camera, I know maybe some of you listening have never talked to the camera or ever done like a face to camera video for your stories or whatever, um, because that is nerve wracking. I will get you on that. But I think it's weird because sometimes we feel like we're putting out this content or we're, you know, marketing our business on Instagram And it can feel weird to have our friends and family watching us, right? And that almost that judgment that can come, or maybe you have had somebody in your friends and family say something like, what are you doing? Who do you think you are? Or what do you think you're talking about? Right. And, um, there was actually this girl I follow and she teaches like social selling for people who do, um, like multi-level marketing and things like that. But she was kind of saying, she's like, you know, your friends and your family are not your target market. They're not your dream clients. They're not the people who you're creating content for. And so while it is easy to get sucked into their thoughts and opinions and, you know, feedback, I guess you could say feedback and air quotes, um, they're not your people. They're not who you're creating content for. And instead, don't worry about what they have to say. Focus on your people and creating the content for your audience and for your clients and for the people who have chosen to invest in you. And so um, I I think it is a good topic to talk about because I think it is so easy to not post that story, to not share that vulnerable caption, to not post the video or whatever, because you're always so worried about what what your brother's going to say, or what your friend's going to say, or, you know, the girl from high school is going to say, they're not your people focusing on your people. I love that you say that. Cause I was having this conversation with someone the other day and they were like, well, how are you so comfortable? And I'm like, I never used to be. Cause when I, I moved cities and I remember thinking everyone back home is going to go, who does she think she is thinking right. she's some hot shot. And then I had to go like, it doesn't matter, but I really like retracted for a time. And then I remember like, I don't have Snapchat anymore, but like being so like goofy and fun on Snapchat with a close friend. And then I'm like, why can't I be like that on my stories? And I'm like, cause I keep thinking about all these people that'll watch it. And I, I had to be like, I'm just going to like go on my stories as if I'm talking to my favorite client. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. And that like, just like I let him in a conversation with it. And that's been like my trick. Okay. Well, I look, okay. I know that we should start talking, talking about this. And I know many people who are listening are like, know you as like the Instagram, like guru of, I want to say like our industry, but also like it goes beyond that. I know you've got tons of people that follow you and, and like, what's the, what's the phrase? Like, I don't going to mess it up. I don't know what it is. Like hang on your every word. I was going to say like something about dripping, you know, like, that is not I'm just, I'm just dripping with all yeah, this like, great information. Is that what I was picturing like people, their mouths open, like in your sweat dripping. That's, oh, so that's a little, that's a little creepy. Um, okay. But you're such a wealth of knowledge, but I want to take this podcast in a different direction. Um, 
because of where we're at in the world. And I know like it's been, you know, we first met back in 2015, maybe. Probably. Yeah. Um, yeah. And I always felt like an instant connection with you. Always. Mm. I did feel an instant connection with you. I remember uh, you, me and Constance went out to the ocean and like, me, yeah. you guys are California girls. And I was like, the ocean. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah, I remember that. Um, and, you know, we didn't, um, you know, we like chatted here and there. And then uh, I remember seeing you come out with your education for Instagram. And then I started my podcast and we were trying to figure out it was around 2017 or 2018 was the last and only time you've been on the podcast, which blows my mind. Yeah. But I think it's like one of those things. Please know that you're welcome on the podcast anytime. <laughs> um, we chat so much, but then not always professionally. Right. Uh, and Walter's growling again. I'm so sorry if you guys hear that. But I know that me and you both, as we have very different personalities, but we both put extremely high expectations on ourselves mm. because of the honor that we feel to help other people out in this industry. And I know, and I know this is like being, going in a different direction, but I, 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 I've experienced burnout in 2016 that landed me in the hospital. And I know last year with COVID hitting our industry so hard um, that from the outside, you like really stepped up and really helped out the industry. But I want you to share a little bit about what happened behind the scenes from that. Yeah. Yeah. So I think it was kind of weird when COVID first hit, obviously no one knew what was happening. And I remember there being that, especially here in the United States and even in Canada, it was like, okay, what's, what's going to happen and who's shutting down and states were shutting down at all different points. And it just was like this whole like frenzy of what's the right move to do. And I think that's kind of where we saw social media become very polarizing from you're doing it wrong. I'm doing it right. The decision that I made for my business is right. And you're wrong. Um, and we saw that from the very beginning, even from people choosing to, you know, safely shut down their salons, even though there were no things and, you know, mandating that they should. And then we saw other people that were like, no, I'm going to stay open because my employees and blah, 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 or I'm not going to charge my stylist rent, or I am going to charge them rent. And it just was this whole thing. And so I'm I think that root retouch kits. Yes. I was, I was going to sell re, whatever. I'm going to tell my clients not to do their hair. I was gonna, you know, it just was all these different things. And so I think that was kind of a really pivotal moment when it came to Instagram and social media, where it felt unsafe mm -hmm. to share what you were doing. And I think for me, I pulled back real quickly. We were actually supposed to launch my signature program, which is now called Rise Social Academy. Um, it was called Oh Hot Graham for those of you who uh, have been following along back OGs. in the day. The OGs. Um, we were literally supposed to launch that program right when, uh, or it was open the doors to the program, I should say, uh, right when COVID hit. Literally the week uh, was it was all happening. And so we pulled back and we we're like, well, we can't do this. I mean, I'm going to teach people how to grow their business on Instagram, get more <laughs> clients on Instagram when everything is shutting down. It just was very felt not right. Uh, did not feel aligned. It was very like inappropriate at the time. So we immediately made that decision. I think it was like in a matter of hours, I made the decision of we got to pull this and we've never done that. Mm -hmm. Um, and from there I went into kind of this hyper drive mode of like, okay, how can I show up and serve stylists? And I think that there are so many people just so all over the place, not knowing what to do. And of course I didn't know what I was doing. Right. But I was like, okay, 
how do we show up? How do we serve? How do we help the stylist right now and give them a little bit of peace and confidence in this moment when they feel so uncertain, feel so unsure of what they're doing. Um, people didn't even know what decisions to make, right? That's just like so shattering, right? It was like in the stress that like, remember like every day you'd like look at the news and be yeah. like, oh, what? Oh, like I this is reality. Work. This yeah. is this. It felt very um, Black Mirror uh-huh. episode. You know, if you've ever seen the show Black Mirror, it felt so much yeah. like that. Like this can't be. This can't be real. Wait, what? No. Especially when we have got shut down. And I think I'm here in California, and I think we got shut down pretty early on. Um, whereas other states lingered a little bit, and I know in Canada it was different too. But we got shut down pretty early on, and that was just like boom, it hits you. Like yeah. this is reality. And the depression that went along with that, the uncertainty that went along with that. And, you know, at the time it was like, shut down for two weeks to slow the spread, you know? And April 1st, we, we back open. Yeah, yeah, we had no idea. Um, we were cute back then, we didn't know. But I think for me, it was just kind of like, you know, not knowing exactly what to say on social media. And it's funny, I actually went back and looked at the posts that I did share at that time. And I was like, wow, like just the, I wouldn't even say naivety of it all, but just like the, the vulnerability that I had in those moments, because we all were vulnerable. Like we all did not know what was going to happen. So what I did was we ended up opening up our program uh, or our membership, the social suite, um, which helps stylists basically have content to post on a regular basis when you have nothing to post, right? It's like, we provide the content for you, which was perfect in that time because stylists weren't able to be in the salon creating content. And then from there, I was like, there needs to be something for stylists when they do open back up, because I was kind of forward thinking of like, okay, when salons open back up, it's going to be a madhouse. Like it's going to be a shit show. I don't know if I'm allowed to say that word on this podcast, but it's going to be, it's going to be a mess. Like how do we reschedule those clients? What do we do if we've only canceled, you know, certain amount? What if you were booked out? Like all of this stuff and like no one knew what to do. And there wasn't even really advice going around at that point. It was just like, people were just like, I have no clue what to do. And so I was like, okay, what if I created a system that would help stylists be able to rebook their clients, be able to show up for their clients if they're not able to be open, be able to make a little money right now. Um, And we called it Beauty Business Rebuilder. And we literally created that program in 30 days, launched it, and it was so massively successful. I think we welcomed in like 700 stylists. um, Which is from the outside. It's like, oh, cute. You like recorded a couple of videos, popped them online and boom, but 30 days create create a career. (laughs) curriculum and a system for something that didn't exist before like how many hours a day or a Mm. week were you putting into this well it's funny it's not just the uh make a cute video you know it's like the graphics and the emails and all the stuff and and it's like one thing of making a course and and I know you and I talk about this all the time behind the scenes but I think kind of a side note, people think like, oh, just make a little online course. Yeah. Pop a few videos online, film a little this and that, make a little curriculum. It's not that hard. It is so hard. It is the hardest thing I've ever done in my entire life. Um, (laughs) And I was traumatized from even building my first course, Oh Hot Graham, years and years later, I had PTSD of like, I can't build another course. Like it's so much work. So I felt very proud to do it in 30 days. Um, But yeah, no, it probably, I was, you know, working and I, and I would not glorify this. I definitely was working a lot of hours just to get this out there. And I'll be honest, the system that I created was a system that I would have used if I was working in the salon. But I, for those of you who don't know, I don't work in the salon. I don't take clients in the salon I'm full-time education. So I don't have clients anymore, but the system that I created 
was, I feel like I was in a good place to create this system because I wasn't stressing about my clients because I wasn't stressing out having to rebook people. I think I had a little bit more of a clear mind to be able to kind of say, yeah. And, and pull out. Right. And, and say, okay, if I was in the salon, here's how I would handle this where everybody else is just like, how do I handle this? And you're having to deal with your clients who are also freaking out and being traumatized from COVID too. So it's just like this massive thing. So, um, I'll be honest and totally transparent. The system I created, I did not know if it would work. I did not know if it would work. I did not know if it was the right way, the best way, the whatever. It just was a way. You can't test it. I don't know. I was like, I mean, I think this will work. So I literally created a program based off of like, I think this is going to work. And even if it's not the best and only way to do something, it's going to give stylists the confidence to feel like they at least have a plan in the direction. And I knew at that time, that's what stylists needed. I knew that they needed somebody just to say, here's how to do it. Just give them the guidebook of how to do it so that they didn't have to think about it because they couldn't. Yeah. Uh, and, it, and it did work, by the way, which is great. Um, I'm glad <laughs> that it worked. But even if it wasn't 100% foolproof, right? I knew that it was something that stylists would be able to just be like, okay, like this is what's going to need to go on, you know? So and that's the thing I love that you just said, because I always use the phrase, there's many roads to the same place. Yes. Um, and like, there's not going to be like, and so many times, and I know for me growing up the way I did in a, in a community that I did, it was like, I was taught life is black and white and it's mm. not, but I am not. And I've shared more openly recently, like I was diagnosed with ADHD. Like my brain does not create plans very well. Mm, Right. (laughs) And if I don't have GPS, like I like go all over the place. And so having someone else figure out, like create a roadmap for you is so, so helpful. And so I'm curious, because like, I think like, I remember chatting with you through that time. And like, we had lots of like, you know, everyone's off off work, but we're like in like overdrive, like that we can show up and like, I know we both said like, what an honor and a privilege to be able to help people through this. Um, but when did you start to feel the symptoms of like, I just pushed hmm. myself really hard. Way too hard. Yeah. And like, once again, we're not, I want everyone to know, like, we are not glorifying this by any right. means. Like I used to be like, I'm so tired. I'm so busy. Um, but like, and, and that's why I want to preface it with like, it came from like a, I don't want to say, and, and I don't know, I don't want to speak on your behalf either, but like, not a duty, but like that mm. honor of like, you know, I want to be able to help people through this time as stress-free as possible and transition back with the least amount of like, oh my gosh, worry. And like, did I call right. Janet back? And what about that person? Right. Um, right. And so after like kind of putting that expectation on yourself in such a good way, when did you start to see the symptoms of burnout? Yeah. I think responsibility is a good word of, you know, like Mm -hmm. being a leader in this industry, there definitely was this sense of responsibility of like, okay, people need somebody to go to and look to, and whether that's me or someone else and I can support somebody else. Awesome. And there were definitely other things out there that, you know, I was able to like, Hey, go to this person. They're awesome. It wasn't Mm -hmm. just me um, at that time, but yeah. So that was in May, I want to say of last year when we launched beauty business rebuilder and then, you know, world opens up for a minute and then it gets shut back down again. And then it opens up for a minute and then it got shut down again, depending on where you lived in the world. You know, it was, it was this roller coaster. Um, and so I, from there, we did launch our membership a few times or open the doors to it. And then in the process, the plan at the beginning of the year was to completely revamp my program. Oh, hot 
Graham and turn it into Rise Social Academy. And there's a whole reason of why we did that. But that was always the plan from the beginning of the year. It was like, okay, in the fall, we're going to revamp this program. We're going to relaunch it, blah, blah, blah. And I was like, okay, like, let's just do that again. Like, let's just continue on. We said we were going to do it. Let's do it. And that's when I really feel like I hit burnout real bad. Um, we, like I said, making a course is not a small thing. And this is a massive course um, and program. And really was just, we redesigned everything, not just from graphics. I mean, redesigned the curriculum to make it faster to go through and make it easier to go through and make our students get better results. Um, and so that was in August through October. And then from there, I went on and did 10 weeks of coaching with our students. And so I think that there was this point where mixed with the work behind the scenes and also the showing up on social media was challenging. Um, I mean, obviously so much happened in 2020 when it came to social media. And like I said, whether it was the opinions of like, you're wrong, you I'm right, you know, that kind of thing it very much felt hard to show up on social media in a normal, transparent way, because every single thing that it felt like every single thing you did was being judged. Um, if you went outside and went for a walk, that was being judged. If you said this or said that, or did this, you know, made that choice, it felt like it was very much hard to just show up in an authentic way. Um, and so I think it was paired with the enormous amount of work behind the scenes, which again, there are always going to be seasons of hustle in your business, but I definitely think that those need to be followed by massive seasons of rest. If you're going to do that. And with Instagram feeling this guilt of like, I need to keep showing up. I need to keep, you know, like I teach this stuff. Yes. Is there that pressure? Oh oh my gosh. Yeah. Yeah. Like how could I teach Instagram and all this awesome stuff? If I'm not even showing up on Instagram myself, if I'm not even implementing what I know, if I'm not even implementing what I teach, like that feels so, you know, uh, like just not okay. Right. It feels so inauthentic. Um, and it truly came down to capacity. And I love the word capacity because it was just one of those things where I just didn't have capacity to do all the things and that's okay. Um, so we carried that into, I, I believe I carried it into through the holiday season. Um, and I was going to take two weeks off at the end of the year in between Christmas and new year's. And for those of you who follow me on Instagram, you might remember, um, I ended up getting COVID and my husband got COVID really bad. Mark ended up getting it to the point where he literally almost had to go to the hospital. Thank God it didn't get to that point, but he was really, really sick for about two to three weeks. Holidays over the holidays. Yeah. We missed Christmas. We missed new year's. We missed everything. Um, and I, I remember just feeling like devastated about that. You know, it was kind of, and there's been a lot that's gone on in my personal life this year with my family. And so just not being able to spend the holidays with them was really hard. And I remember like, I think Christmas morning, Mark's like sick, dying in bed. And I'm like sitting out alone. And I was getting sick at that point. I just was like, this is the worst. It's like the worst Christmas ever. You know, you you guys were isolating from each other at the beginning at the beginning. Yes. Yeah. Um, I suspected that I had it, but didn't have full-blown symptoms. So yeah, I'm walking into his room with my N95 mask, trying to take care of him. He's literally dying. Uh, we also have a rescue dog who is massively a challenge. Um, she was a very hard to place rescue. And because he was sick, she just, the energy was off. And so she was like attacking him basically. And I'm trying to keep them quiet. It just was a whole thing. 
So that was for two weeks. So those were supposed to be my two weeks to recharge. Um, and that didn't happen. I spent it sick and taking care of somebody who was dying. Basically Mm -hmm. it felt that way. Um, and so I think it just kind of was a combination of feeling the weight of 2020, feeling the weight of what I had just worked through. Um, and then now expecting to just jump back into a new year. Mm -hmm thinking that the restart button happened and there was no reset button. There was no time for me to rest. You know, my rest period was being sick. Yeah. That's not, no, it's actually worse probably. Mm -hmm. Um, so I think I carried a lot of that weight into 2020 and I think I probably started coming out of it most like, like in like February and March. Um, but the only reason why was we actually pushed back a lot of deadlines. So there were big deadlines that we were supposed to have in January and in February, and those things got moved back quite a bit. Um, and we ended up basically the whole first quarter of 2021, um, we didn't really launch anything. We launched one thing, which was a big thing, but you know, whatever, uh, we did launch one thing, but other than that, normally we would have had a lot more to do, um, Mm -hmm. in the first quarter. And it just was like, I just can't, I just can't. And it was like, I have to take care of my mental health. And I I have definitely pulled back from even posting on Instagram and things like that. And I think it's okay. You know? Um, yeah. yeah. So anyway, so it's kind of, I guess my journey. Someone that's listening that's like, uh, that, that relate, I know so many people relate to like, what would you say to someone to look out for if it's like if you're feeling this way like this might mean you need to kind of like like ease up on yourself and 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 we're all going to kind of part two of that question is like so that you know where I'm going with this is like yeah. there are like best practices that are going to help your business like on Instagram and stuff like that but right. like it's a like when what should be the warning signs of like, you know what, maybe ease up on your expectations for yourself. Cause I know yeah. us stylists uh, lots of times be like, okay, these are my expectations. Yes. Uh, everything's preaches consistency. Mm-hmm. And so I can't let go, but like consistency doesn't mean you can't take breaks. And so right. for the person that's like, you know, I love what Jamie teaches. I am like, you know, hang off every word, <laughs> drink, drink, drink her sweat. I hang off every word. Like maybe granting people the permission, but also like the, what are the warning signs that you need to like ease up on the pressure you're putting on yourself or, or the, or the load that you're trying to carry that you don't have the capacity for. Yeah. I actually did a YouTube video about this when I came back from, uh, from my burnout stage, I guess. Uh, I had actually taken eight months off of YouTube because I did not have capacity. I literally Mm -hmm. could not, I think I stopped in July of 2020 and I was like, oh yeah, I'll come back in like two, three months two, three months led to eight months later because I just couldn't. Right. Um, and so I came back and I did a video about, uh, overwhelm and burnout. If you guys want to check that out, I go more in depth there, but mm-hmm. I think one of the things is, yeah, just recognizing it and recognizing that there are small things that you can put in place to help you through that season, to help you get out of the burnout. Um, and it's such small, simple things that we think, oh, it's so small, but it's not a big deal. Like it's not, it's not going to make that big of an impact, but I know you do this a lot, but logging out of Instagram. Okay. 
24 hours, just take your app and either log out completely or move it to a different spot on your phone. So it's not just like the knee jerk reaction. Um, and I started implementing that almost every weekend where maybe I'm not like fully logging out, but I'm not posting, um, mm-hmm. or I'm not answering DMS. Right. So I actually now am pretty consistent where I take off most of the weekends off of Instagram, meaning maybe I'll consume a little bit of Instagram if I feel like it. Um, but in those deep times when I need to like really reset and recharge. If you don't have the time, like I know for some of you listening to this, you might feel like, okay, sure. I'm in burnout right now, but I'm booked out three months in advance. I have 10, you know, I can't take days off. I can't just like go take a week off, you know, of mm-hmm. my, my clients. Like I can't do that. Things like this, putting it into place where it's like, okay, on Sundays and Mondays are my days off. Like I'm going to log out of Instagram. I'm not going to work. I'm not going to post. I'm not going to consume. I'm going to literally physically log out. And instead I'm going to go outside or instead I'm going to go read a book or whatever that might look like. Those are small things that really do add up. Mm -hmm. Um, and I think it's because our brains are just so used to being stimulated by social media and consuming other people's content. And, you know, you've always heard of like comparison is the thief of joy, but it's just that constant seeing it all the time and the little tiny triggers that are hitting your brain that are you're not doing enough you're not doing enough look at what this person's posting look at that video that this person did look at all of these reels that everyone's doing you're not doing enough and it's that constant all the time that leads to more burnout yeah i would say is sometimes even the root of burnout I started adopting this. I've like made little notes while you're talking because I can't, I like so relate, like create, don't consume. Mm-hmm. And like, I try really hard not to scroll. Um, I try to just like show up and like respond to DMs as much as I can and post, but I try not to consume or be very intentional about when I'm choosing to consume. Cause I remember back in like, before I ended up in the hospital with a stress induced panic attack, I would just be scrolling and then I'd get up off my phone and I would I would have like heart palpitations and anxiety and go I I remember like I remember one time being able to trace it back to an exact post of somebody Mm. and it was someone that I was friends with and loved but these feelings of like jealousy came up and like that comparison and I'm like I hated it because I'm like I don't well it's like almost better when you hate somebody and like usually you don't hate them you're jealous of them right like you're like distaste of someone is usually misplaced. Like you're unwilling to admit that you're like, envious of them. that's right. what I found with myself. But like, I remember being like, where did this start from? Like, why am I feeling anxious? And then I kind of like started to kind of retrace my steps. And I'm like, it's when I saw that my like friend got reposted by this mm-hmm. thing and I was happy for them. But at the same time, like that whole, like, and I hate being like, I just also just ADHD brain warning. I just learned like in different directions. <laughs> I just learned about the word chuggy. Have you heard about this? Oh, I know. I, I know all about chuggy. Okay. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah. And I feel like this phrase I'm about to say is very chuggy. Um, as a 38 year old woman, I'm pretty much the definition of chuggy. Yeah, I think it's our generation. Sorry. It is, um, it is. But her success is not your failure. Right. I think it's kind right. of chuggy, right? But, <laughs> I, I, but as long as we don't have it in like script writing and you put it over, you know, on a piece of <laughs> like re- reclaimed wood, I think you're okay. But yeah. Do you yeah. follow that Rod guy? I don't even know what it is. His oh yeah, is. just me, Rod. I think. 
Yeah, it's I, okay, I, have right? a, I have a boss babe tattoo. Just playing you guys. I totally have. Isn't hashtag. it? Isn't it? It's a hashtag it's a boss hashtag. babe. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And it, it was ironic that we got it, but people don't look at it knowing it's ironic. Okay. Well, just for the record, it's not me that got it. It's you that got it with another friend. <laughs> I just want people to know that, that like, I do not have a hashtag boss babe tattoo. Don he said we just now. So I just want to make sure that everyone knows it's not me <laughs> that got it with her. It was another friend that got it with her. I mean, so, so, so the record knows. Amy is definitely not shaming me for this tattoo right now. Absolutely. <laughs> the first time I saw it, I was like, oh, okay. No, it's like, okay. Well, I'm not gonna get this story. Me and my friend got it like as a joke, but then you realize like people don't know it's a joke. It's not a joke, like, right? Yeah. It's serious, and then it's yeah. in a place that's easily hidden. And maybe me and her—I don't know if she listens to my podcast—but maybe me and her will get the move together. There you go. <laughs> um, but like the whole like her success is not your failure, and like I knew that logically, but I've like really had to not consume Instagram because of um what it does to my mental health, even yeah. though I hate, like, I'm like, I don't want it to do this. I want to be right. able to like, look at my friend's stuff and celebrate it. And I do, but then there's like an, also like this thing that clearly I need to work through with my therapist of like, why? And I think it's a very natural human thing. And especially in women is feeling like, oh, well they got that or they're doing that. And mm-hmm. I'm not there for it. It's like trying to stay in your lane. And so um, I actually just like came up with an Instagram post right now that I'll probably forget about and never post because I don't know if you do that. I come up with like oh yeah all the time yes yeah um but like a little graphic <laughs> so my brain works it's so messed up of like saying mental health and then the greater than sign and then engagement and like yeah. I I'm so curious your perspective because I like used to be like oh I gotta like do engagement this much a day and like this yes. is how you grow and this is how you connect and this is how you get clients and like oh this is how you get students and whatever. And then I had to get to a point where I made peace with the fact that like, I, um, my mental health matters more mm-hmm. than my engagement rate, than how many comments yeah. I get, than how many followers I have. And realizing that I can like grow my business still, and I still use Instagram, but this pressure that I put on myself that was affecting my mental health was really bad. And so, so I want to pivot really quickly into like, how have you seen Instagram change with yeah. you like kind of like going oh I'm not even following my own ways of teaching and then right. to kind of have an aha point oh there's so like there's different ways to look at this yeah well I've actually think I've changed my ways of teaching you know mm-hmm. um and <clears throat> this is something that's interesting I was actually just literally coming up with this kind of this weekend I'm in the process of creating uh, a five-day challenge so we're working through that and creating content for it blah 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 but as I was thinking about that you know I think two three years ago it was important to post all the time on Instagram. And I would have taught to that. I would have said, Hey, yeah, you want to be posting, you know, almost every day. If you can, you want to be consistent. You want to always have your stories up, you know, and two, three years ago, I think that was the case. Mm -hmm. Now I think people have shifted and you will still hear that. Trust me. There's somebody I follow who teaches Instagram and he is always talking about how you should be posting on your feed twice a day and on your stories, you know, six times a day it's unrealistic. And so I kind of am at this place where I'm like, I, that doesn't even feel aligned with me. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, technically full-time, my job is to kind of create content for Instagram. Now there's so much more that goes behind the scenes. It's not like I just get to sit around and create Instagram content Mm. all the time. I wish, um, actually I don't wish that's a lot, but I wish I could make reels all day, every day. I know you're good at them. You're really good at them. I just bought a whole bunch of new wigs. It's going to be so fun. (laughs) I die. I love the wigs. They're so good. Um, but you know, I think it's just that whole thing where 
that's what I used to teach. And I'm kind of in this season now where I'm like, you know what, let's talk about capacity mm-hmm. and let's say consistency with capacity. What is your consistency that is going to work for you? Um, maybe that's every other day. Maybe that's three times a week. And you know what? Even at that level, even at two or three times a week, you can still have success on Instagram. You can still be attracting the right clients. You can still be, you know, nurturing your current clients and nurturing your potential clients to turn them into actual clients. You can still have success on Instagram and not be posting every single day. And I think it kind of grows into this. Like right now I currently am posting about once a week on my feed and I post about five days a week on my stories. And that's where my capacity is at right now. Now, could it grow and get more and, you know, I do other things. Sure. But for these maintenance periods, for these times where I'm just like not trying to grow my Instagram and trying to grow that engagement rate it's okay for me to not be showing up every single day, creating new content. Mm -hmm. Can we pull back a little bit and realign what our expectations are of ourselves and look at our capacity and say, what can I be consistent with? What can I commit to being consistent with every single week? What is the capacity that I'm at right now? And Mm -hmm. I think that that is something that just needs to be talked about more. Um, and I think, yeah, I want to give you permission. If you're listening to this, you don't have to post every single day. You don't have to be on your stories all the time. It's okay to pull back. It's okay. Your mental health and rest is more important than your engagement rate, than posting on Instagram, than showing up every single day. You know, as humans, we're not designed to always be on. And I think social media has made it that way where we have to feel like we're always on. I so, always say like, yeah. if we only followed one person on social media, you'd realize that not everyone's posting all the time, but because mm. we follow multiple people, there's like always someone doing something, being something, achieving something, getting nominated. And like, we start yeah. to think like, that's that whole, like everyone's doing it. It's like, oh no, because, or like, I, I was making the joke about how people are like, Hey, sorry, I've been like, I haven't been around in a while since I didn't notice. Yeah. Um, right. Like you don't, but like we feel personally that like like not that everyone's it's like gonna know. Everyone is gonna know. They're not yeah. gonna know. They're gonna know. Right? <laughs> um and like as I wrap this up, I just like I love that you're you're using capacity so much. And one thing that I I forget where I heard it from. I feel like it was and like I hope I'm not like if someone, if I can credit someone for this. Um, I would like to, and I don't know who, um, but something that I've adopted in the last couple of years is like understanding capacity versus capability. Mm. Because as a creative person, we often are like very multi-talented. Yeah. And so it's hard for us to either not do something because we're capable of it or hand something off. Um, because it's like, well, I could do it. Like, I'm just thinking like, like bookkeeping was a thing that I hear people be like, yes. well, I don't hire a bookkeeper. And I'm like, because I'm capable of doing it. I'm like, capability versus capacity are two yes. very different things. Right. And one thing that I always like share with my students is like, we're capable of many things and it's easy to make a really long to-do list mm-hmm. and feel like a failure because you can't achieve yeah. it all. Right. Or think like I'm capable and we get hard on ourselves thinking like I should be able to get through this, but you need to understand what your capacity is. And like as someone who, you know, we've both experienced burnout. I, I dealt with depression and anxiety and now learning ADHD. 
like my capacity is different than like our capacity is different from each other's like mm-hmm. have to stop thinking that and it's different in different seasons too. You know what I mean? It's not like, there's going to be some seasons where you're like, I do have a ton of capacity. And then there's going to be some seasons where you're like, I literally have nothing. And I'm in a season like that right now. We've got a ton of stuff going on in our personal life. We've got our house under construction. There's just like all this stuff. And I'm like, my capacity is very low, which is why right now my capacity and consistency is one time a week. That's when I can show up. And, and if I can do more than that, awesome. If I'm feeling like, Hey, I can post more this week. Cause I feel like it, that's great, but it's okay. If that's where your capacity is at right now, you know, and I, I'm so glad you brought up capability versus capacity. I actually just wrote that down. Cause that's yeah. really good because, you know, and there's certain things I feel like sometimes we feel guilty, especially as creatives and business owners, we feel guilty of like, well, I could do that. So why would I pay somebody else to do that? Or why would I pay for that tool? Because I could do it. And all those little things add up. And that's truly why we created our membership. The social suite was because we were like, Hey, how can we take, you know, writing captions off of hairstylist plate or having to take all the photos themselves or having to come up with all the strategies themselves? Like, what if we could take a little bit of that off of their plate? So mm-hmm. whether it's a tool like something like the social suite or hiring a bookkeeper or bringing in a salon assistant to help you not at the end of the day, have to wash all of your bowls and do all of the towels and, you know, mix up all of your color. Like there are certain things that truly can help you actually have more capacity because you're not doing it all yourself. And there's nothing that should be shameful or guilty in that at all. Or even just like tools of like getting your groceries delivered with Instacart, you know, things like that are so helpful or getting your house cleaned. You know, there's so many things that I've done at all. No, no. And I'm definitely in even a season of handing more things off than what I have been doing right now. So yeah. Yeah. So what would be your words of wisdom to somebody who is like, how do you, how would you, how do you, how, oh my <laughs> I love it. It's uh, like the, 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 the little Instagram reel sound, you know, how would yeah. it, what do you do? You know, have you ever had a dream that you, it is, <laughs> it is, it is. Yeah, that one. This is my life. Uh, learning about ADHD and how like we're like it's funny because I teach communication and it's been a long road of learning how to be a better communicator. And I'm like, oh, because ADHD people struggle with communicating. That's great. Um, how have you or have you figured out a way to switch from I'm capable versus I don't have the capacity? Because I think there's a lot of guilt in there. Like in like one sentence, what would you say? Mm. <laughs> no pressure. In, in one sentence. Okay. Uh, well, again, I think it's just giving yourself permission to give things up. Right. And like I said, whether it's something as simple as getting your groceries delivered, yes, it's going to cost you an extra 20 or $30, but your time going into the grocery store and mentally having to go pick all that out and having to deal with the noise around you, you know, I mean, it's just, especially if you have kids, oh my gosh, I don't have kids, but like having to put my kid in a car seat and then put them in the the little shopping cart and then deal with them asking questions while you're grocery shopping. Heck no get somebody to do it for you. You know, so even something, uh, yeah, can you tell I, can you tell I don't want kids? Um, but even, I just think about that stuff, you know, like there's certain things like we have a house cleaner because I don't want to spend four hours on a Saturday to clean my house because my time is more valuable and my rest is more important than yes. Could I clean my house for four hours on a Saturday, but I need to rest. That's more important. So I think just giving yourself permission to be okay with it and to not feel the guilt of, yes, you could do it yourself, but what if somebody else did it for you? Or what if another tool did it for you? You know? 
I mean, that was longer than one sentence, but sorry. I'm okay. Well, you know, <laughs> I'm very long-winded. So, you know, anybody who's been around my parts knows that I'm a little long-winded, especially if you watch my YouTube channel. So anytime okay. I'm a guest on a podcast, I'm like five minutes later, I'm like, did I even answer the question that you yeah. asked? Yeah. It's okay. Um, this has been so fun to have you back on the podcast. Thank you for taking time out of your schedule. Absolutely. Come. This is, it's just fun. I feel like, I think it's fun because your podcast allows me to share things that I don't normally share. Normally when I'm invited to podcasts or interviews or things, you know, it's like very structured and it's a little bit more like strategy. You know, we were kind of talking about that. I'm like, I don't, it doesn't need to be strategy. I think it's like important to have these open and honest conversations because it realize it makes you realize that we're both human just yeah. like you are right and i think it's easy to see someone you follow or see someone that you look up to maybe um i hope you look up to me if not that's okay too but you know see someone you follow on instagram maybe you don't even follow me but you've seen me around and you're like gosh they have it all together they're so awesome you know look at their instagram page or look at all the things that they're doing or look at this and that and you know it's just like we're human too we have those not so great moments too. We have highs and lows, just like you do. And you're doing great. You're doing enough. Um, and yeah, stop, stop doom scrolling on Instagram. That's what I have to say. Mute those people, you know, Yeah. if you need to block someone, block them. That's okay. I just had to do that this last week and you know, you gotta do what you gotta do. I feel like we could just start a whole another podcast. So maybe I'll have to have you back sooner than later. And we can talk about like a part three, how to take care of yourself and not letting if people get offended in, in the meantime, that's that's on them. Yeah, right? totally. Um, so Jamie, I know like you've got your social suite membership, but you also have like, if people are a little nervous about commitment, cause I am a commitment phobe and like mm -hmm. memberships, I'm like, huh. Yeah. Although I am a social suite member. Um, yeah. Is there another way that people can like kind of test the waters? Totally. Yeah. So, I mean, obviously I have a ton of free content over on YouTube. So if you want to get some free content, I do hair tutorials over there. I do um, lots of fun business and Instagram education. So you can check me out if you just search Jamie Dana on YouTube, I'll pop up. Um, but we also do have a, a little kind of mini product um, is what we're calling it. So it's called the social stylist plan. And basically it's going to help you if you feel like you never know what to post on Instagram, or you're like, I wish somebody would just tell me every single day what to post. And again, we're getting down to, you don't have to post every day. So this'll work whether you want to post three days a week, or if you really do have the capacity and you want to post every single day, we're going to tell you every single day what to post, give you a photo idea and give you a caption prompt and the exact list of hashtags to use. So we're kind of taking out the guessing work of what to post on Instagram, what to say. Um, and it's called social status plan. And it'll help you actually, if you want to plan out your next three to six months of Instagram content, it'll help you do that. But if you want to even just take the prompts every single day and have that, then you could just do that as well. So you can go to socialstylistplan.com to check it out. And it's only 27 bucks, 27 oh. bucks. There's lots of fun little bonuses in there too. So uh, you can go check out what all those are. But yeah, if you feel like you struggle with knowing what to post or knowing what to say on Instagram, uh, 27 bucks, we took care of it for you. I mean, I throw away $27 on Amazon every other day. So yeah, I mean, so you know, sense. for sure. We'll so. make sure we put that in the show notes, but Jamie, thank you so much. Thank you. Yeah. I cannot wait. I, we will have you back on the podcast sooner than in like four podcast. years, you know? Yeah. In 2027, maybe I'll be back on the podcast. Oh goodness. Yeah, this is great. Yeah. All, right, All right. Thanks so much. Thank you.
Ah, I hope you feel like you were in the room with us. I always have so much fun with Jamie. I mean, she said it. We basically chat almost every day um, via voice memo and text. And it was so fun to have her back on the podcast and share that those conversations that me and her have privately with you here. So I hope you enjoyed it. If you did, go ahead, like, subscribe, leave a review. It means the world to me. Or shoot me a DM and let me know. And I mean, Jamie's just a wealth of resources. So make sure you go check out um, the socialstylistplan.com. If you're struggling with Instagram, go give Jamie a DM and let her know that you listen to this podcast over on Instagram at Jamie Dana Hairstylist. And of course, if you are addicted to learning, go over to YouTube and check her out there as well. Thank you, Jamie, for coming on the podcast. I had so much fun. And yes, we will not wait another almost four years, three years to have you back on the podcast again. And friend, if you're looking to grow your clientele or maybe lose some clients so you can get the right clients in, I want to remind you that I have my free resource, the client attraction playbook that gives you the seven steps that you need to grow your clientele with or without social media. So you can get that at dombradley.com slash playbook. Or if it's time to raise your prices, but you're feeling a little anxious or don't know where to start or have no idea how to even break the news to your clients, go ahead and get my raise your prices, not your anxiety template and script at dombradley.com slash prices. All right, friend, that's it for this week. We'll see you in the next episode of the anxious creative. It's one that you are not going to want to miss. Talk to you then. Stay weird.